right. Let's start this week off. You guys are listening to Quick Hits. My name is Blake Pace. Today is Tuesday, December 17th, and this is our first episode of the week because I've decided I don't like doing podcasts on Sunday nights. I just don't. Or Sundays in general. I think back to some of the previous podcasts that I have done and some Sundays. I think with the the difference between the college and the real world schedule, I just I value my weekends so much more. Because in college you have all the the breaks in between classes and most nights you don't have much to do. And so the weekends, you know, the weekends are there. And plus my last few years, I didn't have classes on Fridays too. So I essentially had three-day weekends. Now that it's virtually two, maybe two and a half if I can cut out of work on Fridays, I just value my weekends more. And you know what? Sundays, I just want to watch football. The timing doesn't work either because it's if, if I want to not miss any football action, I need to do it after the Sunday night games or before kickoff. Um, which I can do before kickoff, but if so much happens on Sunday, then you miss important information for Monday. If I did a mock draft, the standings would be changed by that Monday or late Sunday night. And I just, I don't want to do it. I don't. So, so we're, we're, we're not going to do Monday episodes. I think we're going to stick Tuesday through Friday. Just, just cause I'm, I might as well finish off my normal job during the day and finish it off with more work at night. And so... I don't want to do Sunday night podcast. So it is Tuesday, December 17th, our first episode of the week. We are recapping week 15 of the NFL season. Just a couple quick plugs. Make sure to go <clears throat> and follow my work over uh, at Stampede Blue. That is the Indianapolis Colts page for SB Nation. Um, fun game, Monday night football between them and the Saints. Uh, we'll get to that uh, toward the end of this episode. Actually, the very last bit of this episode. Um, other plugs, just make sure to, uh, to, you know, leave a five-star review on the show, leave a, leave a, leave a comment, subscribe to the show. I enjoy hearing your feedback. Um, as always, I appreciate you guys so much for continuing to listen. This is just also, I, I enjoy doing it in itself because I love covering the NFL, college football, but more importantly, it's also, you know, just a just a, a platform for me to put all of my news and notes and, and when we get to draft season, my draft rankings, it's just all out there. So five years down the road, you can expose me for for thinking Nick Chubb wouldn't sustain in the NFL. He's one of the top running backs and uh, and I whiffed on him. So you can make fun of me there, but you can also find stuff like me saying Patrick Mahomes is going to be one of the top quarterbacks in the league uh, back in his draft class. I think that's one of my first pieces I ever wrote was talking about how he is the far and away best quarterback of that draft class. What other ones have I have I hit on? Wentz over Jared Goff, which I think a lot of people, you know, were hitting on, but Goff had the LA connections. There there are a bunch of there just as many good ones, there's just as many bad ones. You want to take a look and and we'll we'll go through my preseason predictions at the end of the regular season to show where I was most accurate, most inaccurate. A uh, lot of a lot of teams that I was just wrong about this year, and so I think that this is a good just database database for for everything to know my views on on football. So I really appreciate you guys listening. Um, and yeah, let's let's just dive in to uh, to week fifteen. We're gonna go through some quick recaps of each game, talk about uh, you know potential playoff seedings, where these teams are currently at, talking about the games itself. Um, some pretty good games this week. Uh, you know, a lot of boring ones, but some boring ones that turned into be more interesting than I thought they would. Um, if you're wondering, because our last episode was uh, bets against the spread and game picks for week fifteen, a little bit of a down week. Um, I had been riding high, especially in terms of the game picks. We entered the week 53 and 29. Uh, these afternoon, these late afternoon games screwed me. You know, the Cardinals beating the Browns, the Jaguars beating the Raiders, the Falcons beating the 49ers, and then the Cowboys beating the Rams. Uh, I got all four of those wrong. Now, I did well in the 1 o'clock games. Only two early on I incorrectly predicted was the... Uh, Dolphins not being able to uh, beat the New York Giants, the Titans not being able to beat the Houston Texans, 
Uh, my five best bets, uh, we went three and two. Nailed the uh, the Bills winning as underdogs against Pittsburgh. Uh, hit Tampa Bay minus three and a half easily. I told you to take some advanced or some some alternate spreads where it was big. Uh, same with the Patriots minus ten. Uh, told you to go um, alternate spread there as well to beef that thing up to a 14, 16, whatever you could get it at. Two that I didn't hit on were of course the Dolphins and then the Rams because uh, boy oh boy, both of those teams looked awful in their own way. So iffy week, um, but. You know, not awful. Still going to be above 500 in both both game picks and picks against the uh, spread. So we'll head back in two more weeks. No more Thursday night football. We got Saturday football. Three fun games this week. And, and yeah, we'll keep riding through. So let's go game-by-game game recaps each game of the NFL schedule for Week 15. And we start off in Baltimore, where the Ravens just absolutely dominated the New York Jets. Ravens move to 12 and 2. Jets fall to 5 and 9. Uh, just taking a look up and down. You know, you had Lamar Jackson, 23 pass attempts for 212 yards, five touchdowns. Also put in 86 yards on the ground. Mark Ingram and Gus Edwards combined for over 100 on 18 carries. Most of that work done by Mark Ingram. Um, you had RG3 in there for a little bit. He had four rushes for six yards. Uh, Seth Roberts, big game. 66 yards and a touchdown, Mark Andrews, uh, Marquise Brown. Story of this game, the, the Ravens are a great team, and the Jets are not. And it was uh, pretty easy to figure that out early on. You know, the Jets, had, or the, the Ravens had their first two quick drives, um, you know, up 14 or 13 nothing going into the second quarter, um, going into the half 21-7, extending it to 35-7. Jets score a little bit um, toward the end of the game to make it seem a little bit closer than it was, but even in then, uh, the Ravens doubled up on them. Good team versus bad team. Jets, fix your offensive line, your defense. I wish you would move on from Adam Gase and the Ravens. You are steamrolling your way uh, toward potentially the Super Bowl, uh, you know, at least appearance. Uh, you know, I always... I'm skeptical of thinking about what the Ravens could or what the Patriots could potentially do if they ever find their groove because of how, how much I appreciate Brady and Belichick. Uh, the Chiefs, their rolling their defense has been playing better as well too. And and the, if you remember, the Chiefs beat the Ravens early on in the season, so that'll be an interesting game there, as well. Um, Buffalo's great team. You know, you got those AFC South teams in there as well too. But right now, it seems to be like Baltimore has to be the favorite uh, to represent the AFC. Looked looked great again. Um, and, and with two weeks left, uh, they're one of the hottest teams in football. They take this one over the Jets, Thursday night football, 42-21. to 21. Over to Carolina, where this was one of one of my bets that pushed right at the end. Backdoor cover when uh, the Panthers scored with three minutes left uh, to make it a six-point game. Seahawks still win 30-24 to 24 over Carolina. Seattle, now the number one seed in the NFC, 11-3. Panthers... Five and nine, massive collapse on the season, continues to go down, and uh, expectations are that Will Greer will uh, will get the start this week ahead of Kyle Allen just to kind of see what they've got. You know, and Allen threw three picks against the Seattle defense, um, really wasn't able to do much with that offense, and so I, I don't blame him for giving the shot. See what you got in your rookie. See if he can provide a pop in those last few weeks. Uh, look, Seattle... They're number one seed in the NFC now. I, I don't. I don't know what to tell you. I still don't think. I still think that that's San Francisco's uh, division and conference, and and Seattle ends up in, back in the wild card spot. But we'll see. I, it's either week sixteen or seventeen they play against each other to decide that. Um, I just. I. I don't like the fact that they keep winning only one possession games. You know, this one. You know they had a sizable lead, but. But Carolina's, you know, came back with two touchdowns in the final five minutes to make it a one-possession game. Um, Russell Wilson was great, 20 to 26 for 286, two touchdowns. Chris Carson, amazing, 24 carries for 133 and two scores. I'm just, I'm not in love with the defense. I'm not in love with the play calling on offense. And then, oh yeah, this just came out. Uh, Josh Gordon suspended indefinitely for violating uh, performance-enhancing substances and then also um, banned substances. So, 
Now you're down another receiver, a guy that you claimed, so you know not a not a huge loss for them. Um, maybe you can say that maybe New England knew what was happening back when they they cut him because everyone was was shaking their head at that. Maybe they knew that something was on the horizon. Of course, you still got Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, other guys in there too. Josh Gordon definitely um, takes a bit of a hit in this past game. Though only only targeted once, did catch it for 58 yards, but still just uh, just that one target in that game. I don't know. I don't trust Seattle. That's that's the end of the day. You know they they should beat these teams by multiple possessions. Their defense shouldn't let you know Carolina creep in with with you know two late touchdowns to make it a very close game. Um, I would still take San Francisco, Green Bay, New Orleans. Um, I'd, I'd take those three teams over Seattle still. But they get this one. Number one team in the NFC for now. Moving to 11-3, beating the Panthers 30-24. to On to Cincinnati. As the Patriots say, uh, slow start. Found themselves down 10-7 after the end of the first quarter. And uh, only were able to tie it up and take the lead very late in the first half. But turned on the Jets in the second half. And the New England Patriots were able to uh, whoop up on the Cincinnati Bengals 34-13. New England now 11-3. The Bengals 1-13. Patriots Patriots pass defense, like I said. You know, this team is built to... to, is best equipped to take down those teams that rely on their aerial attack. And yeah, I know Kansas City and Houston both beat the Patriots, um, but what I mean by that is that the Patriots have an amazing secondary, but they lack physical, big, beefy boys in the middle of that defense and up front. And you saw it. Uh, Cincinnati has an awful offensive line. Joe Mixon shouldn't run for 136 yards. You know, New England gave up a lot on the ground, and so uh, a little worried about their front seven. Still won't be able to handle, you know, the power, I guess, of of uh, Baltimore's run offense. I'm nervous to see how they fare against Buffalo's run offense because they've gotten really physical and they've really embraced the power run in these last few weeks, or last month or so for Buffalo. So I don't know. Patriots... Great secondary, a little worried about the front seven. The offense, of course, we know is anemic, and, and Tom Brady looks a little lost. He wants a big payday this offseason, supposedly, if he's not going to be in New England. Teams will give it to him off the name, but I don't think you're, you know, you're in love with Tom Brady completing 15 of 29 passes for 128 against Cincinnati. Um, they'll do all right. You know, they, they might make their way to an AFC championship game. I'm just worried against... I mean, you know, the Texans, Chiefs, and Ravens have all beaten them at this point, and Buffalo gave them a tough showing. So, um, I'm a little worried for New England. Just, it hasn't clicked yet. Got a couple weeks to really get that groove going. I will say I I like the progressions we're seeing from Nikhil Harry. Um, But who knows? Who knows what to say with the Patriots right now? They were able to take care of a very bad team, 34-13, to move to 11-3. Over to Detroit. Where the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, have a really weird situation on their hands. I really don't know what to expect them to do this offseason with Jameis Winston. Uh, he completed 28 of 42 passes, 458, four touchdowns, one interception. A really good game. Now, Detroit's defense is awful this year, but only one interception. You know, he lost Chris Godwin throughout this game. Didn't have Mike Evans going into it. We had guys like Brashad Perryman. Uh, we had JMU guy Ishmael Hyman getting in there with one catch. Got to throw that in there. He went to the tight ends a lot, targeted OJ Howard and Cameron Brait a combined 15 times. So you did see him start to go to those tight ends a little bit more often. Uh, Brashad Perryman, 113 and three touchdowns. Holy shit. If you randomly started him on your fantasy team, uh, congrats. Now it's 7-7. Seven and seven. I don't know what they do with Jameis this offseason. He hasn't had, you know, turnovers aside, he's been fun to watch. And, and even with the turnovers, it's fun to watch because, I mean, he he makes some boneheaded decisions. But um, I don't know. They got a weird situation on their hands. And they're a 500 football team. They could finish the season 9-7 and seven if they win out. So weird. Um, and on the flip side for Detroit, I, it's the same every week, you know. You don't have Matt Stafford. You don't have Carryon Johnson. Your defense 
is missing pieces. I I'm not getting rid of Matt Patricia yet. Yes, you're three ten and one. Give me give me you know a slow start to the next season when I've got everyone healthy and I've got another off season with this team. If I start out slow next year and I'm Matt Patricia, then get rid of me. But I I, I feel like it's hard to blame him when his top receiver is Danny Amendola. His quarterback is David Blau. And uh, his running back is, is Hillis. 10 carries for 21 yards. Blau had 19 yards on the ground. I mean, really, there really isn't much. Um, I feel like in the last half of the season that we can blame Matt Patricia for. Um, and, and for Tampa to just expose that secondary, I mean, this is the outcome we expected. We expected them to, to destroy Detroit. So I'm not too surprised with it. Buccaneers... Now at 500, interesting offseason coming. Uh, for the Lions, don't fire Matt Patricia yet. Give him at least a month and a half next year before you, you decide to move on. Um, but yeah, Buccaneers take it 38-17. Head on over to the frozen tundra. Where the visiting Chicago Bears came one pitch to Allen Robinson away from getting into the end zone. Having a chance to tie the game up at 21 apiece fall just short. To the Green Bay Packers, who move to 11 and three, currently have the two seed in the NFC. The Bears fall to seven and seven. Um, where to go with this one? I mean, it it's it's more of the same with the Packers. Do I love the fact that their offense just kind of disappears for a quarter or two a game? No, not ideal. Um, and I think that the main thing you can pin it on at this point is with a young head coach. He's great at scripting plays. So first and third quarters. Great. Uh, second and fourth quarters, not not too uh, strong. I mean, his offense definitely takes a hit in those quarters, and you just take a look at this game specifically. Excuse me, they uh, didn't score in the second and fourth quarters at all. All of their three touchdowns came in the first and third quarters, and early on in the third quarter both times as well, too. Um, so coming out of the breaks and starting off games, this offense is clicking with its scripted plays, but outside of that, it just doesn't seem to have much going. Um, now, when it comes to playoff time, I think Aaron Rodgers still has the capabilities of making up for those lackluster performances in the second and fourth quarters. That's where I just think he knows that he can take himself in those games where it's a uh, winner-go-home scenario and can carry the team on his back for those 30 minutes. You know, let him take care of the second and fourth quarters and, uh, and let... Um, God, I can't even... Why am I screwing up his name right now? Matt LaFleur let him take care of the first and third quarter. So I think the Packers will be fine. They haven't been amazing the last few weeks. You think about the short, the, the narrow win over the Redskins, this performance as well too. But I, I still love them. I, I still, at the end of the day, when you've got great rosters like the Packers, the 49ers, and the Saints, and one of those teams has Aaron Rodgers, um, I don't know, something, he, he's a bad man. I think he's capable of turning it on, so... Packers continuing uh, their winning ways for the Bears back to losing after looking great against the Cowboys a week before. Um, I'm still not a Trubisky guy. And, uh, you know, I think the way that he's been coming around the second half of the season, it seems like they're still going to commit to him, um, especially while he's still, uh, you know, making the low cap hits that he is. Now when we get toward the, the time where, you know, Winston and Mariota are at, where it's like you either got to extend him or let him go. Hopefully they let him go at that point. It doesn't seem like they're willing to make the switch yet, even though I think if you know that it's not working, at least bring in another guy uh, to kind of compete. But Trubisky, 334, one touchdown, two picks. Um, he got had guys like Allen Robinson, Anthony Miller, both going over 100 yards. You know, the Bears have been turning it on lately, but they've still got problems on the offensive line. Their defense has taken a step back. Chuck Pagano is no Vic Fangio. I know that firsthand, having you know Chuck as a head coach for a couple of years. Um, and yeah, this defense isn't as talented without Vic Fangio running it. And of course, they've been injured. They lost some guys in free agency. But I think that's the main points where you can look at the Bears and say, yeah, that's a 500 football team. So, um, you know, the, the Bears don't have a first-round pick to take a quarterback. Beyond the second round, I don't think there's a guy worth, you know, maybe you bring in a Jalen Hurts just to compete with a guy like Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, but I think at that point, you would still keep Trubisky. So unless you're going to trade for a, a Cam Newton this offseason or bring in one of these free agent quarterbacks, I just I don't see it uh, for any reason why they would move on from Trubisky, even though 
I personally don't believe he's the option moving forward, but they're a 500 football team. Now at the end of the year, we'll take a look back and say, oh, they didn't fall off that much. Only a couple games worse than the year before. Um, and so probably enter next year with, with expectations of getting back into the postseason, as they should. It's a good coach, good skill players, talent on the defense, and they just got to piece a few things together. But uh, Packers take this one, sweep the series over Chicago. This was the opening game of the 2019 season. Uh, this time they win 21-13. Not much to talk about with this next one. We're going to Kansas City in the snow where the Chiefs put up 23 points on the Denver Broncos while Denver was only able to put up three points on offense. Uh, couldn't get anything going um, on offense either. Uh, just a just a tough day on the ground. Philip Lindsay, their leading rusher at 32 yards. Freeman only able to chime in 12. Uh, tough go for Drew Locke. You know, poor conditions. Um, you know, weather maybe having some effect in there. I, how much? I'm not sure. He's he's played in 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 not great weather before in in college. He went 18 of 40, uh, 208 yards and one interception. Um. You know, for Cortland Sutton to get 10 targets, that's great. To only have four catches, not so great. Uh, did have 79 yards. Um, good team versus bad team. Really, storyline here. Chiefs are good. Their defense is starting to look a little bit better. Um, they do have a pass rush. And actually, they just claimed Terrell Suggs. So if they can convince him to play, then maybe that's another option in there. Not a great one. Um, and, and maybe a, a still banged up one, but... Yeah, I, I feel good about the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes is still a great quarterback. You know, I, I've been saying this for a month now. We're, we're forgetting Patrick Mahomes exists. You know, it, it's the season of Russell Wilson and Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson. Don't forget Patrick Mahomes and just how talented he is. He put up 27 of 34 in the snow, 340 yards, two touchdowns, did throw an interception. It's a good Chiefs team. I mean, right now you're 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 taking them second to Baltimore in the AFC, and at this point with the with the way that the Patriots are stumbling, I don't think it's that close. I think I think the Chiefs, people are just kind of sleeping on them. I'm excited to see them in the postseason. They win here easily. Lock up the AFC West, uh, beating the Broncos twenty three to three. Over to MetLife Stadium, where Eli Manning is back to being completely average. Secured that 500 career record, beating the Miami Dolphins 36 to 20. Both teams now three and 11. Weird game. Eli, you take a look at the stat line: 20 of 28, 283 yards, two touchdowns. That part's good. Three interceptions, not so good. Um, Saquon Barkley came alive after months of of not you know playing at his level. 24 carries. 112 yards, two scores. Sterling Shepard, great performance. Uh, man, if you were riding the Darius Slayton tray, train after, you know, if you, if you put him into your starting lineups after his great performance um, in Philadelphia, he wasn't bad. You know, he did get a touchdown, but only two catches for 31 yards. Uh, Golden Tate had the 51-yard touchdown. Um, two really bad teams, both going to be picking at the top of this draft class, the Giants. Um, as long as they can lose to Washington coming up, we'll get Chase Young. The Dolphins hopefully get their, their franchise quarterback coming up soon, whether that's Tua Tungavailoa or Justin Herbert. Um, both of these teams are, are just uh, really bad. But I'd say that the Dolphins are still in a much better position, even though they lost this one. I like their head coach more. I think um, when you go into management and ownership, Right now, the Giants are just trying to micromanage up top, and I think the Dolphins are really letting Brian Flores take over, and that's what they should do. He's going to be a great head coach, and um, you know they've got players playing at a high level like Devontae Parker really turned his season around. Mike Gisecki, tight end, has slowly been getting things going. Hopefully, he can be a starting caliber tight end for this team. Um, you know, Obviously, Ryan Fitzpatrick is doing what he can to... Uh, to to finish his career, I don't know how much longer he's going to be around, but he's making things fun. Leading rusher for the Dolphins this season, which is funny. He had uh, 33 yards today. Um, but yeah, just just two bad teams. I, I, I picked this wrong. I thought the Dolphins would come out here and smack the Giants. It was the other way around. Um, 
You know, you take away the the last minute touchdown, the Giants were up 36-13. That's a blowout. Um, But two very bad teams, both will look massively different uh, next season than what we saw in the field on Sunday. But uh, Giants win it 36-20. On to the other game that I I completely uh, whiffed on. And, and, And a game that I feel like I whiffed on, but at the same time, man, the Titans should have beaten the Texans. So many things went... Uh, against their favor. You know, a blocked field goal early early in the game. Tannehill is leading that offense on the two-yard line and a tipped pass or a a deflected pass off the receiver's chest turns into a huge interception for Houston, um, who goes down immediately and marches down for a touchdown of their own. You know, that's a 14-point swing there. They probably should have gone into the half. I mean, would they go into halftime with a 14-0 game? That should have been a 10-7 lead for Tennessee. And so they go in, down two possessions. They got to fight back. They tie it up at the start of the fourth quarter. And then uh, Houston springs live, puts up 10 points in the fourth quarter, and the Titans fall just uh, just three points down. Um, you know, this was kind of... A lot went right for the Titans. They picked off Watson twice. Let me check and see how many uh, sacks they got on him. Um, God, where is that? I'm just going around here. Team stats. Where the hell is the is the defense? They sacked him only once. So there you go. Two interceptions, but one sack. So that's actually where this comes down to is, is Deshaun Watson. I think he's got a great record when he's brought down one or fewer times. If you can get to him two times or more. He's got a losing record in this league, and so unable to put pressure on him. Um, they also got their run game going. Carlos Hyde had a 100-yard game. Carlos Hyde sneaky with a 1,000-yard season. And, uh, and yeah, look, both these teams I want to see in the playoffs. Whichever one gets the wild card, you know, right now it seems like it'd be the Titans that get in there. I just I don't want to see the Steelers in, and we'll talk about them toward the end of this episode when we cover Sunday Night Football. I am just, I'm vastly more interested in both of these teams than I am the Pittsburgh Steelers. And so hopefully the Titans can find a way to get in. Um, I, I love what we've seen from their team. I mean, the young guys on here, I mean, you come back next year with another draft class in there, hopefully. You got A.J. Brown who came alive, 114 yards. You've got this tight end that can also play running back, ripped off a, a 57-yard rush. Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill leading the way. Still got Deion Lewis in the backfield, Corey Davis. You know, they, they did miss Adam Humphreys. Adam Humphreys is that guy that can work across the middle and kind of like in that Julian Edelman way, be that guy that picks up, you know, your second and 12 and makes it a third and three. Um, he can do the dirty work for this offense, and they definitely missed him in that in that uh, respect this past week. But I just, I really hope both these teams get into the playoffs because it would be a shame to see Pittsburgh in over either of them. Houston takes it, though, uh, 24-21. I realize I am going really slow with these, so I'll try and make my recaps a little bit quicker. Um, Philadelphia Eagles beat the Washington Redskins 37-27 in an ugly, ugly game uh, for both teams. You know, taking taking into account that Wentz has no receivers out there, um, and him being able to go 30 of 43 for 266 and three touchdowns. Yes, it was against the Washington secondary, which is not a good secondary at all. And I say that knowing that Jamie alum Jimmy Moreland plays for them. Um, hats off to Wentz for being able to get that done. Greg Ward with a big game. His uh, his very emotional story of his rise to uh, to an active roster. Very impressive. Really, this game was one on the ground. Um, Miles Sanders, 19 carries, 122 and a touchdown. Boston Scott put in 26, nothing much there. Um, Redskins really hung around there. And they've been hanging around teams for a while now. They only lost to Green Bay by five points. You know, if you take away the last second scoop up, fumble return for a touchdown, it's a 31-27 to game. They only lose by four. So... Washington has been very scrappy as of recent. Haskins looked good. I mean, both these teams have bad secondaries, so you gotta you gotta take that into consideration. But Haskins, 19 of 28 for 261 and two touchdowns. 
Scary Terry catching all five of his targets for 130 and a score. Um, you know, those two guys have had a connection back to their college days and hopefully uh, can carry that forward. Um, maybe you can get Urban Meyer in there, somehow get the second overall pick, draft Chase Young, and then you got Ohio State playing in Washington. Wouldn't that be fun? Really, this game was just kind of a mess. Uh, it's going to come down to, you know, Eagles, Cowboys this upcoming week to uh, decide who, which one of these teams is unfortunately going to get blown out in the first round of the playoffs, but looking forward to seeing it. Uh, Eagles win this one over Washington 37-27. Completely whiffed on this one, too, and I'm kicking myself for, think, for, for you know, going the opposite way. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals got their fourth win of the season, moved to 4-9-1, beating the Browns by two touchdowns, 38-24. Browns fall to 6-8. and eight. There was a report this weekend that they are trying to still make Freddie Kitchens their long-term plan at head coach. And if you can look at the sideline, no one is happy about that. Not a single person is happy about that. Um, you know, it... And, and he got closer to 20 carries this time around, but the fact that Freddie Kitchens doesn't give Nick Chubb over 20 carries, 20, 25 carries a game is beyond absurd to me. He did 17 for 127 and a touchdown. Um, you know, you take a look at the numbers offensively, and it doesn't seem that awful. Uh, yet, you re- you remember that just, just like I'm talking about, all these bad secondaries in football, the Cardinals also have a very bad secondary. And so Baker, 30 of 43 for 247, two touchdowns, one interception. I expect more out of you. Especially when you've got Odell Beckham Jr., who caught eight passes for 66 yards, but then you've got Jarvis, who only had five for 23. Um, They've been going to Kareem Hunt out of the backfield, which is nice. I like the Kareem Hunt-Chubb duo. You know, it's clear when Chubb is on the field, he's he's running it. Um, and it's clear when Hunt is on there that he is, you know, they're in the pass game, so they need to mix it up more. Get More specifically, they need to get more Kareem Hunt more touches as the running back. Um, if you want to be able to um, add another level to the offense where Hunt comes out and, and the opposing defense doesn't immediately go, oh, they're, they're throwing a pass because Kareem Hunt is in. Because um, when Hunt only runs four times, and Chubb gets three receptions, you kind of know which one serves its purpose on the offense. So not much for them to do there. Um, For Arizona, good win. Kyler Murray, look, Kyler Murray is going to be a very good quarterback in this league for a long time, as long as his his health can stay right. 19-25 to for 219, one touchdown, one pick. Did have 56 yards on the ground, too. Of course, the story of the game was Kenyon Drake and his 137 yards and four touchdowns. Absolutely, you know, he really helped me in one fantasy league. He absolutely screwed me over in another. I blew a huge lead because uh, my opponent had uh, Kenyon Drake in this week. But, man, the Browns, it, it, and just like, uh, just like with the Jets, if we enter 2020 and the Browns still have... Freddie Kitchens and the Jets still have Adam Gase. I think those are the two dumbest choices um, that could be made this offseason. Both of them should not have jobs as head coaches after this year, after what we've seen. Um, Cardinals win this one easily, 38-24 over the Browns. This one was interesting for a quarter, and then it blew apart. Um, the Minnesota Vikings moved to 10-4, and beating the L.A. Chargers 39-10. Chargers now 5-8. and at the end of the first quarter, this was a 6-3 game. Um, and then kind of from the end of the second half, and actually to take a look at it, even halfway through the second quarter, Chargers had a 10-9 lead. And then Minnesota ripped off 30 straight points to finish the game. Um, I wanted to pull this up because I thought this was hilarious. The uh, Let's see. The Chargers had threw three interceptions and lost four fumbles in that game. So that is a whopping seven turnovers. Um, and really, beyond that point, that was what decided the game. Uh, the Chargers couldn't get the ball moving on offense in the second half, and the Vikings just were, you know, picking up turnovers for scores or converting field goals or very long drives where their third-string running back just converted on a, 
on a goal line rush uh, to, to up the score again. Minnesota is a very good team. They're now 10-4. and When the Rams lost, my, my prediction that the Vikings' massive collapse was going to happen is seeming less likely. Um, still is out there, but they were able to take care of an L.A. team pretty easily. Um, Chargers, massive problems. You don't have a fan base. You don't really have a stadium that people want you to play in. Uh, you don't have a quarterback now because Phillip Rivers shouldn't be your quarterback moving forward. A lot of problems for the Chargers. I feel bad for them. They should go back to San Diego or, or St. Louis. They, they got to figure out a new place to go. It's not LA. Um, but these two teams, very, very different position heading into next week. Uh, Vikings 10 and four win this one 39 to 10. Five games left. Uh, and boy, oh boy, what a massive collapse for the Raiders uh, to just screw that game away. Their last game in the black hole. Um, Jacksonville Jaguars beat Oakland 20 to 16. Jaguars 5 and 9. Raiders fall to 6 and 8. The the Raiders were in charge of this game and led all the way until 31 seconds left when Gardner Minshew led them down on a drive uh, in which Chris Conley scored a 4-yard touchdown pass uh, to take a 20 to 16 lead. Oakland not able to get it done on its final drive and uh, just a massive collapse. They had a good game. Darren Waller, 8 catches, 122. Josh Jacobs playing banged up, 24 carries, 89 yards. Derek Carr, not a bad performance, 22 of 36 for 267 and a touchdown. I I mean, you you take into account that Derek Carr, you know, the refs definitely didn't handle it the right way. Derek Carr slid inbound, so the clock should have run out to the two-minute warning. Um, And while they were arguing that it should be a two-minute warning, they took a delay of game, so then it was you know, second and 15, I believe, or, or, or first and 15, stop the clock at 2.05, then you run another play into the two-minute warning, eventually had to give the ball back to the Jaguars, and, and Jacksonville just marched down on them, made it look easy. Um, and so Oakland, who outpossessed the Jacks by nearly 10 minutes, um, really dominated the game the entire way, they, they just blew it last second. So Raiders, Done with you for this season. Come back in 2020. I think that you'll be a playoff contender. Maybe you get in one of those wild card spots. Another solid draft by Mike Mayock will get them there. Um, just watch out. I, this team could could have a, a new quarterback at the start of next year. I keep trying to pair these um, quarterbacks that are going to be free agents to teams. I mean, would John Gruden want to take a chance with Jameis Winston? He wouldn't be happy with the turnovers, but I think he would love the downfield passing attack. Derek Carr just does checkdowns. Maybe he's looking to change it up a bit. Maybe he'll take a little bit more gamble on the on the turnovers if he can get some aggressive downfield throwing. So that's a guy that would be interesting. Him in Las Vegas would be phenomenal. I don't know. I, I just don't see Derek Carr being the long-term future, um, especially with a guy in John Gruden who likes to switch things up frequently at the quarterback position. So uh, mess of a season for them, mess of a season for the Jags. Uh, someone had to win it though, and the Jags took it in the very last second, 20 to 16. How about them Cowboys? Absolutely dominated the LA Rams, a game that I completely got wrong. Uh, 44 to 21, Cowboys seven and seven, Rams eight and six. Um, this would this you know the conditions were fine for for uh, Jared Goff. Um, you know, 33 of 51, 284, two touchdowns, one pick. They couldn't get going on the ground, though. And after you saw them just dominate the trenches the week before against Seattle, and that's how they won that game, uh, Todd Gurley ran the ball 11 times for 20 yards. His long was eight yards. Jared Goff had three carries for two yards. If you can't get anything on the ground with this with this Rams team, they can't win. If you just put all the pressure on the run game and force... Jared Goff to beat you, then that's then then the Rams can't win games. And the problem is, is that Jared Goff can't win you those games with Brandon Cooks, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Tyler Higby, Josh Reynolds, Todd Gurley out of the backfield. He's got so many weapons, um, and just for whatever reason, it's changed. You know, you, you say obviously you can't get the ground game going. Um, then it's you know more pressure put on the pass game, but. Man, you know, Jared Goff with those receivers, we should be seeing more offensive production through the, through the air. Um, 
And and yeah, just a, just a rough game for the Rams. And now their playoff hopes are looking grim. It's going to take a lot to get in there. I'd certainly like to see them in there. Um, but this team just doesn't have it right now. And for the Cowboys, I mean, God, you talk about a team that needs to get going on the ground. Ezekiel Elliott, 117 and two touchdowns. But wait, Tony Pollard, 131 and a touchdown as well, too, on half the carries that Zeke got. Dak didn't have to do a whole lot once they got the comfortable lead. He did 15 to 23 for 212 and two touchdowns, continuing a very, very solid season for Dak Prescott. Um, you know, uh, one guy didn't really, st- I mean, aside from Tavon Austin's wide open 59 yard touchdown, um, everyone else was, was 43 passing yards and under. So he was spreading the ball out and, uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see them in Philadelphia face off next week. I'm assuming the Cowboys win, but you honestly have no idea in the NFC East how this is going to turn out. Um, but yeah, Cowboys take this one. Uh, game that I was most most incorrect about this week, hands down. Definitely thought the Rams would coast through and, and make their way toward a, uh, further cementing the playoff push, but Cowboys win it 44-21. to Talk about the, the, the late afternoon stretch that just fucked me over big time, and I'm not just talking, you know, how I feel about certain teams, but also, you know, gambling. I, I mean, you wouldn't have thought that the 11-2 49ers would lose to the 4-9 Atlanta Falcons, but Falcons turn it on in the fourth quarter. Three touchdowns in the final five minutes and 15 seconds. Of course, the last one was, um, you know, the fumble recovery in the end zone for a touchdown. So take that aside. Two touchdowns in the final five minutes um you know matt ryan thinking he had austin hooper who probably caught it off of his foot and it would have been a catch but they ruled it incomplete and then the very next play um julio jones just crosses the uh the goal line to get that last second score in there for the falcons i i hope you don't hold on to dan quinn i know you've beaten the saints i know you you swept the panthers i know you beat the 49ers please don't hold on to dan quinn please Think about think about the first seven weeks of the season, and I, I hope you guys can hear the rain pouring down. Nashville is 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 crap weather right now, but um, man, I, I, this game just confused me. But at the same time, the 49ers just went through a gauntlet of playing the Rams, playing the Saints, uh, playing the Ravens, Seahawks. And so, look, you come out flat against the against the, the Falcons. I don't blame you. This is not indicative of what the team is. I think they come back and finish out the season strong. But one of those games that you just you never know in the NFL. And certainly screwed over a lot of people. Falcons beating the 49ers 29-22. And then how about Sunday Night Football? All 27 points of it. The Buffalo Bills improving to 10-4. and four. A 10-win season for Buffalo. They're in the playoffs. They take care of the Pittsburgh Steelers, who moved to eight and six, still hold that final wild card spot. You know how much I want to see Tennessee get in over them, so rooting for the Jets this week to knock Pittsburgh off. But we'll see what happens. Um, kind of the game that 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 Buffalo wants to play. You know they want Devin Singletary and Frank Gore to combine for over thirty carries, especially when you get Josh Run, you get him seven rushes in there as well too. They want the time of possession, and they got it, thirty-two to twenty-seven. <clears throat> you know, they they dominated on the ground, easily outran the uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. And at the end of the day, look, Josh Allen isn't amazing. 13-25, 139, one touchdown, one pick, but he's hell of a lot better than Devlin Hodges. They, they had to go real pass heavy. And, and kind of confusing why they did. You know, James Conner was back. He did, you know... Doesn't seem like he was 100%. Eight carries, 42 yards. But, I mean, Devlin Hodges throwing 38 passes in a game that totaled 27 points. You didn't need to. I think you could have relied on the run more. Maybe it just says more of, of how injured uh, James Conner actually was. But uh, they went they went pass heavy. Hodges threw four interceptions. That Bills defense is legit. Uh, meanwhile, on offense, you know, big game for John Brown, 99 yards. I mean, God, he was essentially that entire passing offense. The next highest was Tyler Croft at 14 on that touchdown, and Dawson Knox had one catch for 11 yards as well, too. Um, just a gritty game. Two teams that like to like to play low-scoring games and 
keep it physical, time of possession, run the ball. Um, Bills are Bills are just the better team. Pittsburgh Pittsburgh is a solid team. They're well coached. They got a great defense, but that offense just is awful. Um, really, really want to see Tennessee get in because they're the hotter football team, and I think they're the more well-rounded team at this point. Um, so Buffalo wins this one, a fun one, 17 to 10. And uh, yeah, hats off to all those Buffalo fans. They got to be excited. 10 and four in the postseason, chance to win the AFC next week if they can beat the Patriots. A lot to be excited uh, about in Western New York. And now let's finish off the week on a high note. Um, or as I like to call it, just depression of being a Colts fan in 2019. Remember when the Colts were five and two? They have gone... One in six since then. Uh, the New Orleans Saints tore them to shreds on Monday Night Football. I expected it. If you all didn't expect it, you're a little bit crazy. Saints win at 34-7. Saints 11-3. Colts fall to 6-8. and eight. Uh, For the Saints, that offense is clicking. You know, if you followed the Colts, you know that the, <laughs> there weren't going to be many incompletions in the game. And actually, there were only one. Uh, Drew Brees shredded apart that secondary. A banged up secondary and also a not- uh, that talented secondary. Um, so I wasn't too surprised by what the Saints were able to do on offense. I was a little um, I was a little surprised of what the Colts uh, weren't able to do on offense. Now, Saints have a very good run defense, um, good defense in general, but the fact that Marlon Mack ran the ball 11 times for 19 carries, I think the, the method to beating the Colts now, and everyone knows it, is got to force Jacoby Brissett to throw the ball. I mean, you think early when they beat the Chiefs on Sunday Night Football, they just ran the ball over and over again. Uh, Jacoby Brissett didn't have to do much. Uh, this time around, he had to throw 34 passes, completed 18 of them for 165, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Um, a banged-up T.Y. Hilton got targeted nine times, four catches, 25 yards. Look, end of the day with the Colts, and I've been saying this for over a month now, maybe even the last six weeks, Jacoby Brissett uh, isn't a winning quarterback for a playoff football team. Um, and you think about when they were leading the division five and two, five and three, whatever it was, um, you know, I'm kind of surprised to think back and what was going right for them then. I mean, they were way healthier. Uh, their defense was playing at a higher level and I guess it was Jacoby didn't have to do much and Jacoby has had to do more now. I mean, you lose Devin Funches, you lose Paris Campbell, you lose Eric Ebron. They lost Marlon Mack for a couple weeks. Um, they lose T.Y. Hilton for a month. You know, there was a lot of pressure put on Jacoby Brissett, and what we've learned, and no one should be surprised by this, and I think the Colts might just be, you know, the Colts fans that I hear might just be surprised because we come from my entire life having Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck. He's not either of those. We probably, you know, it's going to be a long time before the Colts find a guy that can that is a Peyton Manning and an Andrew Luck, and that's a tough a tough thing to accept, especially if you're around my age, where all you've known is great quarterback play in Indianapolis. So, um, an unfortunate uh, season for them. They've fallen massively. Still need them that one more win to get there over under total. But if they want to get to six and ten and maybe try and get a top twelve pick, I'm okay with that. Um, if they can get close into the range where they can trade up for a Justin Herbert, that would be my dream scenario for the Colts. Um, they do like to wait back on certain prospects, and so um, I don't know how aggressive they are going to be in terms of trading up, but they've got Washington's second-round pick, which is a, you know, it could be could be the number two overall pick in the second round by the time that comes around, and so if they can leverage that and their first round to move up to maybe six or seven, wherever they think they need to go to get uh, a guy like Justin Herbert, then I love that. Other than that, you know, trade back, maybe wait and try and get a, a Jordan Love type in the end of the first round if they want to do another trade back scenario or use that second round pick to trade back up into the first. Um, I, I wouldn't blame them. There's a lot of places for them to go. Quarterback is certainly an issue. Number two wide receiver as T.Y. Hilton is approaching the end of his, uh, I guess, point of his career when he can be relied on as a consistent top, you know, top receiving option. He's getting older. He's getting hurt. And, uh, and yeah, for both these teams heading in very separate directions, the Saints are going to make their way through the playoffs. The Colts are headed toward um, an offseason where they've got a ton of cap space, guys to extend, quarterback decision to make. Um, so they're both heading in very separate directions. But 
Shouldn't be surprised by this outcome. The Saints absolutely... Like, I, I turned off... To be completely honest, I turned off this game halfway through the third quarter. And I, and I probably should have stopped after halftime. I gave the Colts one drive in the second half before I called it quits. But Saints take it 34-7. to That's a long recap. I, I guess now that we're in the range of 16 games, these are going to be a little bit longer. Um, you know, now that there aren't, you know, at least four teams not playing because of buys. Um, so... We've got the recap all set up. Uh, we'll come back tomorrow with my updated power rankings. I, I'm going to, and and let me put this out there too. Uh, just this week, I am going to be pre-recording some of these shows a little earlier in advance. Got some guys coming into town on Wednesday night, Thursday morning. So I'm going to be recording some episodes earlier in the week to be scheduled out later this week. So if you hear me talking on Friday about some spreads and you go to Bovada and you can't find them there, you know, I, I got those spreads in probably Tuesday or Wednesday. So um, don't don't kill me over that. But we'll have those uh, those podcasts still coming out. Just going to pre-record them and have them, you know, sprinkled out through the rest of the week. Next week's schedule, probably only going to be able to put out one episode. So what I'm thinking is is either I can I can pre-record there as well, too. Fortunately, with this being because I'm traveling back home for the holidays, um, we... Yeah, that's going to be tough. I could recap all of the weekend games and just do Monday Night Football um, in a separate episode or leave it alone. So I have to figure out what it's going to be next week. There will be shorter episodes through that through the new year uh, just because of travel and, and, and things to do. But we'll get through the rest of this week, move on into week 16, and then gear up for week 17 in the playoffs. So fun time. Thank you guys so much for listening uh, to another episode of Quick Hits. My name is Blake Pace, and we will see you 